Okay, here we go. My guest today, technology entrepreneur, founder of Client, the CRM system, and someone who just has a ton of experience in the real estate and data space. Uh, here today, Michael Griffin. Hey, Bob, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for, for being here this morning. My pleasure. I really appreciate it. Um, well, your story is so amazing. I want to kind of take you back or take us back a little bit into uh, into the past. Um, you're actually a, a two-time uh, CRM startup founder. Uh, and I think it started as you were a broker originally. So take us back. This would probably be into the 90s, uh, you know, early 90s, maybe even um, on how you got into the business initially. Well, uh, so I, I grew up in the Midwest and I moved to, to Los Angeles specifically to get into commercial real estate. So I wanted to be a commercial real estate broker and, you know, live the, the California dream. And, and when I started, um, it was right in the advent of like using computers. So there were a couple of guys in my office who used computers and, you know, the more established guys told me that's a waste of time. You know, you got to develop your book and your, you know, your Rolodex. And <laughs> if you're using a computer, that's a waste. But my handicap was I didn't know the streets. I didn't know the geography. I didn't know the history of any buildings because I hadn't grown up here. So I had no real way to, um, to, to like categorize and assimilate and store all that information in a way that, that could really benefit me. So I, I got a computer and I started using uh, the old ACT system. Uh, you know, the old desktop act database. And yeah. I, I eventually customized it and created a little add-on for my own use. And then um, had a lot of interest from people in my office and realized, hey, there's a business around this. So I left brokerage after about four or five years and started a company that marketed this, this act-based uh, commercial real estate system. And then eventually uh, four or five years later, sold that to CoStar. And then I spent many years at, at CoStar. So as an entrepreneur, was there, was there a time where it really became real? You know, did you ever have that moment? Like, you know, maybe money started coming in. Maybe it was just, you, you saw some kind of a need that you were feeling. Did you have that kind of feeling where this is, I'm, I may be onto something here. Yeah. Our, um, Th that that moment for me was was a deal that we did with actually with CB with CB Cobalt Banker Commercial back in the day when I and when you know I, I used to do these demos where I couldn't afford a laptop, so I used to lug my computer, my like desktop computer and a monitor to these demos, and I would go into an office and set up and plug this stuff all in, and you know brought my keyboard and the whole bit. And I would, and one of my key uh, targets was was CB at the time, and I got a call from one of um, one of our, our kind of big, you know, passionate users at the time around Christmas to say, "Oh, I just got out of the board meeting, and um, CB has decided that they're going to adopt Aries. It was called Aries, Aries for Act, Aries nationally, and so you'll be hearing from somebody, you know, in January about you know two thousand seats or something like that. And that was the moment when I thought, "Wow, this is really." This is really real. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, I really it speaks my language a little bit when, because um, I'm as an industrial broker when I first started out too. I remember going around from business park to business park and just writing down tenants. You know, on a on an Excel 
we take it back and put it in an Excel spreadsheet. But I was out there with a, you know, with a pencil writing down people's names uh, in business parks. So, yeah, and it's and it's come so far because the the to, to me what 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 always inspired me about CRM was the simplest part of it. The the fact that I could pull up your record and and uh, come up with an understanding of what we spoke about a year ago and rattle off you know, your family members' names, where you went to school or what, like that was such a powerful relationship building tool that I didn't understand why everybody didn't do it. And it doesn't work on yeah. paper. It doesn't work in your phone. You know, it, right, it, right. it needs to be in a, in a database. So, so everything that I've done since then has built around that primary and fundamental focus of helping, helping commercial real estate professionals build better relationships faster. So then I think it was in 2007, 2008, you started uh, Client Look, which was probably the worst time to start anything, right? With the, with the crash happening. So how did that come about? Well, how did it get off the ground? Well, I, I spent a lot of years uh, at, at CoStar and eventually, um, eventually got the itch again to start another company. So, so I left and I spent a whole year um, doing nothing other than like kind of trying to, trying to come up with the next big business idea. And, and I wasn't thinking CRM at the time. And in fact, the first incarnation of client look was as a broker to client, uh, collaboration tool, hence the name client look. So it was designed to facilitate a broker's communication primarily with a landlord or their, you know, a tenant, uh, during the course of an engagement. So your your client wants to know what you're doing for them. So we built this tool that allowed you to kind of key in everything that you did and, and in real time um, provide that information to their clients on demand. So the client could log in and see what was going on. And eventually the, the demand made it really clear that we should be a full-fledged CRM. So we just started chipping away at it. But I started it, I started client look entirely on my own. It was a, a wholly bootstrapped sort of thing. I, I, I mean, I didn't know how to go out and raise money. I didn't know how to go out and, and, and sort of, you know, uh, leverage an idea to attract capital. I, I built, I, I built a business the only way I knew how to, which was to make it as a profitable kind of entity. You, you know, you, you don't spend more than you make. You invest a little, you get a return, and then you build a little more, and you just keep chipping away at it. So, you know, we were always profitable. I mean, the the sacrifice was was you know not unlike brokerage. You know, I took very little income for several years and paid my employees and you know everybody else and you know for the infrastructure. But the 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 interesting thing about two thousand eight, about the time when I started, you're right, it was an awful time in the market. But it was just about the time when when like enterprise level uh, infrastructure was finally available to small firms. So, so in other words, rather than me having to go out and buy a bunch of servers and find a place to host those servers to maintain the client look product, I could go to IBM and, and for a thousand bucks a month have the same like server set up as any big company. I mean, obviously on a much smaller scale, but, but as far as the customer was concerned, it was the same. So that was a really game-changing sort of paradigm shift in the industry that enabled entrepreneurs like me to do what we did. 
Right. Interesting. And so skip ahead a little bit and things have, have changed so much in the, in the, in the data field with real estate, right? We've got really, um, the third party group, the big company you mentioned, CoStar, that handles, I think, you know, most everybody's data at this point. I, you know, I'm with a, a big firm, Savills, and, and I've been with other large firms. I think everybody uses CoStar. Um, how, how does that fit in, the whole concept of the third party with all of the data where everybody gives their data to this third party? How does that affect your business or just what you've seen over the past several years? Well, I mean, CoStar is, and I don't think anybody would hesitate to say this, any other entrepreneur, any other company, even if you're an arch rival to CoStar, which, which we aren't, everybody marvels, marvels at CoStar's success and their level of innovation um, as, a, as a tech company. They do amazing things. And my experience there was phenomenal. So I don't, I don't have anything negative to say about CoStar. Some of my best friends are former CoStar people. Um, but they have created this sort of stifling walled garden of content um, that has, uh, you know, obviously propelled their success. But in many ways, it has, um, it, you know, unlike the residential market where there's this universal, ubiquitous MLS system where availability is everywhere and, and the common means of entering information, you know, is you get a listing agreement, you put your listing in the MLS. That's just part of the part of the way you play. It doesn't work that way in commercial. And they've, they've created this environment where they are the, the keepers of this data. And, and they do a great job. Um, and they, they exact, you know, uh, a, an appropriate fee for it. But, but it's, it's, it means that, you know, as a company, we can't really get into that market. We can't, we can't exploit. There's lots of things that you could do with their data that they don't allow because they don't want integrations with third party firms. So, uh, but it, it's not to say there isn't plenty of opportunity, you know, uh, for the rest of us. The, the one thing that continues to excite me about commercial real estate is, and is, as I'm sure as you well know, that like the lack of, of automation and um, efficiency that, that drives the industry in general. And so when, when you see that kind of stuff, uh, you know, uh, it, it means there's opportunity to solve these huge problems that just persist year after year. So that, that's what we're doing at Lightbox. We're, we're really pushing hard to, 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 to innovate some, some, some really amazing things. It, isn't it amazing? I, I think you'll agree with us. I mean, I've, I've been doing this about 20 years now and you've been in the data space longer than that. Commercial real estate and, and the brokerage community sometimes is so slow to respond to things. Um, I mean, we're still, getting a flyer, doing a brochure, you know, emailing a brochure to somebody. Um, it just feels like there's so much room there for innovation and for new ideas. And I mean, I, I think, I think it's coming, but it, I think it's been slow. You, you're, you're right. It's been tremendously slow. And, you know, the, the bottom line is that despite all this inefficiency, people still make a lot of money. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Right. So it's, yeah. it's one of those things where it's hard to say to a company that's making a lot of money, hey, you could do better. You know, I could um, I could improve your systems or or to say to, you know, someone like yourself, independent contractor, presumably, as, as most of the industry is right to come to you and say, um, hey, Bob, I can I can provide you a tool that could save your assistant, you know, two to three hours a week. 
you know, like you don't have an incentive to, to, to save, you know, time for other people. It's all about money. You really just care about how can you make more money? That's all, that's all that matters. Right? <laughs> right, right. And, and that's, that's fine. Cause that's, that's what you're in it for. Um, but unfortunately that, that sort of paradigm sets up inefficiencies, even within big companies. So in the past I had worked with a lot of national firms in uh, data agreements and, and went to them to say, okay, um, all we need is, is, is all the listings here that you have in uh, downtown Los Angeles, as an example. You know, uh, can we get those on a spreadsheet? And, and the truth is that the that firms, and I don't think there's any exceptions here, don't have the listings of their own brokers. Their own agents don't, don't tell them about their, their availability. Because there's, it, it's almost like an attitude of, you know what, I'll, I'll tell you when I when I get a deal or when it closes or whatever, you know, but don't bother me uh, until then. Yeah, it, it, there's a, there's a lot of I see a lot of that over the years. People get in their their own silos. They they kind of they, they each have their own business, and sometimes you are partners with one or two people, um, but it gets very siloed out sometimes, and not everybody knows what everybody's doing all the time. Yeah, that's why the, the approach that we have at Lightbox is to leave leave all that listing aggregation of the research up to CoStar, who, who's got that wired. And, and what we're trying to do is take take CRM, so take ClientLook as an example, and to expand upon it. So so use that as the you know the kind of tool that someone uses all day long, and weave into it um, marketing, email marketing capabilities from the RCM system, which is a one of our other broker segment products, or um, you know, uh, mapping information, GIS uh, capabilities, demographics, um, uh, ownership information that comes from LandVision, which is uh, from digital map products in, uh, in, in Irvine up here. So the idea is to take the strengths and the resources that we have in our other products and to meld those into a, into a whole new system. And, you know, it's, it's a, you know, the other side of the, of the light box business is in environmental and finance. And so there's a lot of synergies that, that are exciting, especially to me. So how does it figure or how does, how does Lightbox or client look now um, fit into the space where, you know, a lot of the big firms will have their own CRM systems that, that, that everybody uses. And a lot of times they're on a, on a national basis. Um, but, I mean, I, I would agree with you that it really makes you different and, and sets you apart if you really take advantage or, or take control of your own data as well. Yeah, and, and our, our goal is not to disrupt or, um, you know, in, in some way compromise a national firm's uh, policy. But but here's here's one possible outcome. So, uh, I don't know, a big company like Savills, let's say. Let's say that they institute a... a, a a requirement that they want to collect, you know, basically collect your data via Salesforce. So they want you to put your information into the system. So, so, so what I would ask them is, you know, what, what are you looking to do? Well, ultimately what, what I've heard from other companies is they want visibility into your pipeline, right? They're not necessarily looking to steal your data. They don't want your relationship, no, but they want to, they want to be able to run their business, which they have a hard time doing. So, you know, one opportunity for us is, well, what if we could collect their pipeline in, in such a way that made it, you know, readily available to you, but it wasn't through Salesforce. So, so perhaps we had a client look like product that compelled you to put your pipeline in that then shipped that off to the national, um, you know, uh, entity. Uh, 
and allow them to consume that in a way that benefited them. So conceivably, they could save millions of dollars in, in, in not having to license Salesforce to, to every single individual. If, if in the end, all they really care about is running their business and collecting the data they want, what does it matter how it gets to them? Especially right. if we can provide a tool that propels your success and ultimately makes you, you know, uh, a better broker. Right. Right. Interesting. So, um, sci or, uh, client look was acquired by Lightbox just, I think last year. What, what does that mean to client look it, uh, different services kind of expands the platform a little bit? Yeah. So client was acquired basically in January, 2020 by, um, by Lightbox, and uh, it, it doesn't mean a lot to current client look users in the sense that we're not spending any time innovating the current platform. All of our resources are going into completely reinventing the product. It, it's it's not, you know, it's not unlike you know taking an aging infrastructure and saying, well, let's let's just rehab this property as opposed to, you know, what let's just buy the land across the street and build a whole new shiny building. And move everybody into that. So, so that's that's our approach. So, so we've done you know security improvements and performance improvements and sort of sort of behind the scenes things with within Client Look um, to the benefit of of all of our subscribers. But the real investment is being made in this in this new product that I described. So, what's next? You know, the, a lot of the guys that I talk to, uh, we talk about things like this, doing, doing the, the video podcasting and uh, videos of buildings and just going into this more high-tech digital age in, in real estate. What's next for the, the CRM systems and data in real estate? Well, I think, I think one of the most important things as it relates to data is, is I don't know, what I would call personal, personalized data. So in other words, you have a data set that is unique to you somehow, a data set that sets you apart and differentiates your level of service. Because if you think about it, if everybody's using CoStar and everybody represents the same reports and the same availability and the same property information and the same, you know, it, 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 um, it doesn't offer me as a potential client, say, a level of faith that, hey, you're going to provide me something different or better than the next guy. Right. So why don't I just go with the guy who gave me the cheapest, you know, deal or whatever. So, you know, we've done this in Client for many years where you know, we allow people to create a property module and then and then they they work for years customizing it. So they correct the inaccuracies of, you know, from the original data source. They add their own notes to it. They collect their own photographs and and then they start to create the relationships between those properties. So, so in your case, it's the tenants in those properties. Um, and the amenities in those buildings and things that then you identify as having um, or, or at least being able to demonstrate your unique expertise in whatever territory you've carved out. You are the expert, not only because you can you can say that you are, but you can demonstrate and show that you are. So that, that what I think is, is really what technology is going to start to do in this industry going forward. It, it's going to help people to differentiate their level of service because if it doesn't, you know, the evolution of that is what prevents, you know, God forbid, the tenants or the investors or whatever for getting a hold of CoStar and self-serving their need for information. If all you are is the intermediary between that data and the end user, 
there's you know the 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 specialness and the value erodes. So so the idea is how do you improve upon that content to really uh, come up with a distinguishing level of service. You know, one of the things I'm interested to hear your perspective on this, being a, a tenant broker for you know 15 plus years, uh, in, and using CoStar, and they they do a great job with a lot of information, and we both agree on that. One of the things I think is is tough, really hard, is the tenant information, and to keep that updated with the right people and the right companies in the right space, because they're moving all the time, and and not only people are moving, but the companies are moving. Do you hear that from other brokerage firms across the country that the, the, the tenant information is the most difficult? That's always been a challenge. I mean, even when I was at CoStar, you know, they, they spent tremendous amount of resources trying to track tenant data. It's just hard to do. Yeah. You know, there's no reliable way to do it. You know, change of address, you know, all these sort of tricks and things that they rely on for, 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 for notifications that either a tenant has moved out or somebody has moved in just don't work. So short of physically being in buildings and understanding who's there, it's hard to do that on a, on a big grand basis, which is another reason why, you know, you have an advantage in a market over somebody like saying in Orange County, trying to do a deal in San Diego, just using, you know, a research system. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I'm calling the show here market knowledge, um, you know, for, for that reason really is, you know, as we kind of look across the country and, and some of these larger firms, some of the real value is that local knowledge and the local relationships. And um, it's it's kind of what you're saying here. So um, lastly, I, I know that uh, you're, you've got a, um, a building in Carlsbad. So I've got one location in Carlsbad. Uh, how do you feel about that Carlsbad market. It, it's, you know, it, I think it's fantastic. It's got a great little tech feel to it too. And you got some gamers uh, up there and it's, you're really seeing some growth there. It's, it's, um, it, it's not a market that I was familiar with prior to the, the Lightbox acquisition. So um, I had a choice to go to either Irvine or Carlsbad and I, I decided to spend more time down in Carlsbad and it's, um, it's invigorating to me that the, the building that we're in is this phenomenal customized space um, with a gaming company next door, uh, you know, an Italian uh, family run Italian restaurant in the, in the building, you know, a gym coming. Um, the owner spent considerable money over the last year during the pandemic uh, with the whole, a whole infrastructure uh, retrofit, redoing the parking lot, restriping. I mean, a, a lot of amazing work. So they're obviously optimistic about, you know, the growth in the, um, uh, you know the the excitement in the market. The the question is whether are people whether people are, are going to come back to the offices or not in as full of force as they did before, or whether you know this sort of you know interaction is going to become more and more common. I mean, we were talking about that you know earlier before our call, which is you know this is you know this sort of way you present yourself in a vid in a video environment is you know is a re big reflection on your professional kind of capability. So, you know, you do it well, you have a very, you know, you, you have a great angle in the office, your lighting's done, your audio's great, your video's good. So you come off to me very professionally, but I've had lots of vendor presentations from people trying to sell us stuff where, you know, their audio is poor and their video's bad and their faces are dark and they just don't, <laughs> they don't, they don't understand the, the uh, perception that that casts these days. So, um, 
So I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm hopeful that Carlsbad and you know in the, in California in general starts to to you know rev up again. But we'll we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I I love doing this, but uh, I'd rather we go grab a cup of coffee or a beer or something. You know, it, for me, that's yeah. uh, the, the best way to go. So I'm I'm hopeful it'll come back as well. But last thing, what is uh, you know, with the show, I try and be as, as helpful as possible to anybody who is, is listening. What's the one thing that you do every day that kind of keeps you focused? Maybe it's meditation or working out or spending time uh, with the kids. What's the one thing that you really point to that you have to do every day? With, with me, it's just my routine. I have a very Rick structured routine that starts at 4:30 and and it's oh, yeah. it's working out and then it's meditating and then it's working out again and all, you know all before the family gets up. So I, I that's my way of like having carved out some personal success every day that that helps me feel like okay, I'm doing more than most people and it makes me it, it's it's empowering, you know, and it's certainly it's certainly healthy. And uh, I've been doing it for years and years, and it's it's a it's a lifestyle. It's working, right? Yep. Well, Michael, thanks so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. All the all the knowledge that you put out here for us has been fantastic, and uh, I look forward to keeping in touch with you. Great, Bob. Thank you very much. Okay, thanks.